0: Our clients have a product to sell. They have a drink, a mattress, a pillow, sauce, whatever. Like we have nothing to sell but our reputation. So like foundationally, I love to kind of like just put that out there and say like we have no incentive but to do well by you. Hello
1: and welcome to Worked Up, the podcast where you learn how to take what gets you worked up to find your passion, reach your potential, and write your own success story. I'm your host, Jacqueline Beck, and today we are very excited because we have Christina Suarez CrumSick with us. Hi, Christina.
0: Hi, so excited to be here.
1: Thank you so much for being here with us. By way of background, Christina is an entrepreneur. She is the CEO and founder of Isetta. And, you know, I'd love just to hop right in and kick it off. Can you tell us a little bit about Isetta?
0: Yeah, for sure. So Isetta is a a marketing agency. The majority of what we do is public relations, um, which I'm sure we'll get into. Um, We also have a bit of a positioning practice, like brand positioning and some design as well. I started the company almost five years ago now. I started my career um, in-house at Simon & Schuster in publishing, and then I moved over to a more kind of like traditional agency. And, um, you know, something that you and I spoke about last time is like, you know, why Do we do this? Why do we start our own businesses? And a big reason I started it is to just create like a a better service and B a better work environment. You know, we focus on representing brands that we're super excited about, that we really believe in. And every day I just work to create like the best healthy culture that I can, really. Like so people like going to work. So So when we
1: first spoke, when we met, we connected actually over Instagram
0: which Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. fun and
1: exciting and very modern. And we got talking about culture. And so in anticipation of this interview, I went on your website and I noticed that one of your taglines, when you talk about what you do, you say, we do marketing for consumer brands and the good people behind them. I love that. Thank you for reading. (laughs) I like to be prepared. Can you talk a little bit about what you mean by good people?
0: That's, I mean, it's such a good question. I was just talking about this earlier, you know, without getting into like a lot of juicy details, I have come from previous work environments where like the status quo was that, you know, I, I guess on the safe side of things, the the client and agency relationship was toxic. It was kind of like skeptical. It w- There was not a lot of mutual respect as much as I personally like tried to hedge against that on kind of like the more severe side of things, like, you know, I was like growing up in PR, like at the height of the Me Too movement, right? Like Mm. where really terrible things were kind of like swept under the rug and somewhat acceptable and honestly, like have always thought about how it's so like, yes, it's great to like have these wonderful products that we're super excited to, you know, eat and drink and sleep on and that kind of thing we work on food beverage and design products home products but the more kind of like not only like tangible um and important thing but like actually that brings it to life is is the people right so like we need to make sure that we're not only working with smart people that are putting out like best in class products that we're super proud to tell the media about, but people that are like collaborative and nice and kind and by no means like not ambitious. Right. But like, I think there's this idea out there that like ambition and respect are like mutually exclusive. And yes. I, I I don't subscribe to that at all. So, you know, obviously like things get stressful and people are under a lot of pressure and that trickles down to our agency. And so not every person's behavior is always perfect like including my own but i wanted to have that front and center because like we want to work with good people so like if you're someone who's like a shark and just like used to being crazy and like yelling and you know disrespecting people if you see that like it's not going to appeal to you so we like to think that some of that positioning like weeds out some you know some bad ex from the jump
1: well first of all I love what you said about respect and ambition, not having to be mutually exclusive. Because, you know, you think of these, you know, I know you're based in New York, these traditional New York industries like finance and PR, you know, it is very dog eat dog. And I think in the past, it was this concept of, okay, it's a zero sum game. If you win, I lose. If I win, you lose. And I ascribe to, it seems a very similar philosophy as you, which is, you know what? Why are we vying for each other's piece of the pie when the pie can just get bigger? And so one of the questions I have for you is, as you're building an organization, how do you actually put that in
0: place? The first word that comes to mind for me is like, Honesty, transparency, you know, like these are super overused and abused words, but like I, I actually say this all the time. Like our clients, we specialize in products, right? So like our clients have a product to sell. They have a drink, a mattress, a pillow, a sauce, whatever. Like we have nothing to sell but our reputation. So like foundationally, I love to kind of like just put that out there and say, like, we have no incentive. But to do well by you. And I think like there's something to that that kind of is like jarring to people like, oh, wait, you're right. You know, like why, you know, I am like paying these invoices and I'm like, you know, spending money on this service that historically is like kind of tough to measure, right? Like PR, I don't know like how much direct experience you have with it. Like I can talk about different ways we're kind of innovating and measuring it more and more all day. But at the end of the day, it's brand awareness. And at, and it's very hard to measure that. It's very hard to say like, well, you know, the fact that we got samples in 50 people's hands is the service, right? Like 50 more people know about, about it foundationally. And because of that, there's going to be an exponential growth and more exposure. It's like so hard to measure it. And I think like I like to say kind of just to kind of create a halo over some of the the big question marks that I know partnerships are going to to have as we go is like, listen, we have no incentive but to do well by you. And like right. that is just like through and through true. I think that creates like from the beginning a little bit of like, oh uh, yeah, like they're just trying to help us. Right. So like it just makes it so we're just on each other's side from the beginning. And then we kind of like reinforce that two-way street in a million different ways. Like we have this like onboarding document. I come from corporate America. So considering we're a company of 10 people, like we have way more systems and organization. In place. By the way,
1: that's music to my ears because I can't tell you how many small businesses I work with who think that putting a system or a process or a document in place is like the man bureaucracy red tape. So totally. I, I love that you're doing
0: that. I mean, there's, it's a fine line, right? Like we talked actually about this, you and I, flexible organization or flexible. Flexible structure. Yeah. I feel like you have to know where to look. Right. And I, I feel like if we have these, um these principles, missions, brand pillars as a service provider, like we need to make sure that we can point to them at any given time when we're doing the work so from the very beginning you know we have this onboarding document it's called pr defined and Literally, like we break it down. We're like, this is what the service is. This is how it works. This is how it's optimized. We talk about this idea of a two way street. And then, like, every strategy call, we are kind of reinforcing that language and like optimizing that two way street because ultimately, like, I can't place a story in the New York Times about Jacqueline's amazing sneaker collection if you don't show me pictures of the sneaker collection. So right. it's like very unique in the way that, like, it's a vulnerable and personal service and there needs to be that that two-way street in order to get the result. So we're so organized in the way that we're able to kind of like obtain what we need um, to get that result. But ultimately it comes back to kind of like transparency, honesty, and like just reinforcing it as we go.
1: Okay. So there's so many different directions I want to go in right now because so many different things you said resonate with me. The first of which is being in a position where you can't necessarily articulate your value quantifiably, right? I mean, I get that. I'm an executive coach. I do consulting. Some people come to me, they're like, what is an executive coach? I don't get it, right? And it comes back to this concept of support and saying, you will get an ROI. It's just not going to be overnight. So in those situations, how do you find that you are able to articulate your mm-hmm. value? Because people are articulating value all the time in an organization, to clients, to their bosses, to their employees, et cetera.
0: Yeah. I mean, listen, there's a few different ways. Like I would, the first thing I'll talk about is like real reporting and data. So another thing that I, I don't subscribe to is the fact that like small businesses, like, you know, can't be in a position to use technology, right? Like the very first thing I did when I started the agency was like, try to make sure that like anything that a machine could do was doing. And I, we've been, you know, pretty heavily invested in software from the jump and we continue to kind of make sure that we're optimizing in that capacity. So we do report as much as we can. I will say that like, we probably report in a more like transparent, And data driven way than most agencies, just because like that really is one of our pillars is like try to be progressive. So like if we look at like all areas of the funnel, right? Like brand awareness down to kind of like purchase and loyalty, we actually do have some tools to share, right? So at a baseline, we do that. But Mm then I think the bigger way that we kind of prove out the value is like anecdotally. So like on our reports, we actually have like a whole tab dedicated to feedback, and I've had clients say that it's like their favorite email of the week because it's literally just like a recap of different media industries feedback, um, and and what they have to say, right? And if someone says like, this product changed my life, like I now can like sleep for two more hours in the morning because I'm not in pain, or you know like. I now have an easy meal solution for my family. Like, thank you so much. Like we share that, right? Like, of course, like making sure the editor is fine with it. But I think that's the kind of like anecdotal feedback that um, is, it's tangible. And like, it's telling of like a larger movement that often like locks into exactly what the company is trying to achieve. Um, Even better is like feedback, like, you know. Sharing like a kind of like industry placement, and then hearing from the client that that led to more distribution or a new like wholesaler or something like that. We definitely like try to log that, but I it's really a combination of like hard and soft metrics, and I would say like the softer anecdotal metrics are stronger. So,
1: well, you're hitting on something crucial, which is that people learn through story. And if you actually look back to the way neurologically that we evolved, we evolved to learn through story. And I I talk about this all the time, how it's those stories that really drive points home. And you're always telling a story. You're telling a story, story verbally. You're telling a story through your actions. You're always communicating. And what strikes me when you were talking about the culture of your company and how you reinforce that you you kind of hit on my process which is funny. I always beat my drum that there are three things to business. We overcomplicate them because we're human and we overcomplicate things, but at the end of the day it's clarity, communication and relationships. Yeah, right. Clarity, you were just talking about really being clear on your values, right? Shifting from value, how do you articulate your value to what do you value, right? right. Your values. Um, communicating it and reinforcing that through words and through actions and behaviors. Yeah. And then finally the relationship part, I mean you're in public relations it speaks. Yeah. It speaks for itself.
0: Right, right. I mean it's so important. It's like, especially when it's like tangential, like my husband who just joined um in January, he's our head of Bizdev, which like I feel like we're too young to even have that kind of role, but he's like proving it out every day. That's great. Um, it's really cool. And, you know, he, I don't know if you're familiar with this, like Colby test. It's like yes, a, yeah. I am. I'm a fact finder. I mean, I, I'm kind of like balanced um, throughout, but I'm definitely like, again, a little bit more on the organizational front and he's a quick starter. So like, and it's so true of him. Like he's always like bouncing around and like talking to people and like, he's perfect for sales and just like you know, connecting the dots and things like that. He had his dad, my father-in-law is kind of this real estate guru and they were kind of like exchanging notes. and, And he was like, you know, at the end of the day, we're all in the relationship business. And like, if we're not focused on that, like first and foremost, like nothing else is working, like no matter what the industry. And it's interesting because like from a PR perspective, like it's even obviously heightened, right, because on top mm-hmm. of needing to be in the relationship business, you have to be in the relationship business, like to like create transaction, but oftentimes, like I think my team is doing the best job when they're like not trying to create transaction, you know when they're just like getting coffee and like chatting with someone, see where it goes, and like not asking them to cover anything right and it's like then they build the relationship. And when it's time to like share something that's relevant, they get the result, you know? And like, it's about, bu- you know, building goodwill and, and none of it is linear. So I think like the best, the best client relationships are the ones where like we can show that and explain that. And they're like, I totally understand that because I see it in every area of my life,
1: you know? Well, you're hitting on another thing, which is building relationships with no agenda. Right. It's like the old saying, the best time to network is when you don't have to network. Right. Or the best way to get a date is to already have a date, right? right. You have no agenda. Right. right. So you end up getting more value. And, and I don't know what it is. Maybe we get in our own way maybe we overthink things. But it kind of ties back to this whole concept of culture, right? Yeah. You said your whole reason for launching your business was so that you could create a non-toxic environment. Right, so bringing it back to that, I'm really curious what toxicity looked like before you were able to control your own environment,
0: yeah, I mean, I should be really careful <laughs> um, you don't like, need to use
1: ex- specific examples,
0: yeah, I mean, I think about kind of a few different scenarios in general, but I think like the The biggest thing is, again, like this idea of just like a a real lack of mutual respect, right? Like, I think all the time about how I was in a cab one day with my old boss, one of my old bosses, who I think wasn't totally fit to be a leader. She gave the cab driver an address, and I think she actually messed up the address. anyway. The cab driver was going to the address that I'm pretty sure she gave him. And, you know, it wasn't, And it didn't end up being where she wanted to go. And she screamed and yelled and like made and treated him like dirt, honestly. And I remember thinking to myself, like, A, I can't work for this person. And B, like, how do you think this person is going to help you now? Like, they're going to deprioritize, right? Like everything that you want, like even in that cab environment, like they're going to say like, get out of here. I'm going to find another writer. Right. So like, I think when I think about all of the toxic leadership or client agency relationships, it's really about this idea that like, I pay you so I can treat you like dirt, right. Or I'll pay you And that means that whatever I say goes, even if I don't have authority on that topic or I pay you. So I have so much pressure and I'm going to like, kind of, you know, transfer that pressure to you, even even if it doesn't make logical sense. And I think like, that's like kind of the pattern that I see over and over and over. And I get it, right? Like I've been super frustrated with like a unsolicited sales call in the middle of a stressful day when I'm like dropping my kid off at school and my toddler's yelling and, you know, and the last thing you want is to kind of like hear from someone that's supposed to be making your life easier in a way that you don't want to hear from them. Like, I get it. But at the end of the day, like not to be cheesy, but like, it's just more productive to be kind. And I've just seen so much of the opposite. And like, it literally results in your PR person, like hanging up the phone and being like, F these people, I'm not going to do anything for them for two, you know, like it's a terrible thing to do. Like it doesn't make sense. So I guess to summarize and not like name any names, like just both like internally and and definitely like clients that just felt like they had the right to to treat people poorly.
1: I mean, it's, it's like the old saying, you catch more flies with honey
0: than vinegar
1: and there's so much truth to that and I'll tell you why I asked the question because you know you're talking about a very visible type of toxicity. Someone yelling, someone belittling, someone being condescending, that is very visible and visceral toxicity you know. And what I've often found is there are silent types of toxicity too, passive aggression, yeah, you know, saying you're going to do something and not doing it—do yeah. as I say, not as I do, mm-hmm. right? And so, I think it's helpful sometimes for people to to understand that that's a type of toxicity too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It and really is. No environment's going to be perfect, and it's a matter of again going back to your comment about your value system. Yeah. What are you willing to put up with? What are you not willing to put up with? I've been in places where my value system did not align. Totally. And it's hard to go through and then
0: you do something different and you write your own story. Totally. And it's interesting too, because like that kind of like more silent, like I was thinking about my daughter, but she's a really good girl, but people always say like, you know, she's so good. Like she doesn't like get into trouble. I'm like, it's because she's not loud, you know, but like, she will like whisper to your kid, like, you can't take my Barbie. And like, that wasn't nice either, you know, like, but she didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like It's actually just as like me, you know, like, or maybe even worse. totally. So like, I see a lot of that. I would be lying if I said that isn't still part of my world. Like at the end of the day, like, you know, this is a business and like, we, we don't know exactly what we're getting into when we sign these contracts. We don't know exactly every single person we're going to work with on a given team. But I think it's like, how do you like, how do you set the precedent and like, keep it up? Right. Like mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of like, I feel like this communication isn't productive. Like, is there something going on here? Like, let's just say I that. Like, you know, I know like we're work done so we could go home. And like, I think like that often helps, right? Like, like it's you know you just have to like be willing to say it right because I think like being kind is not the same as being like fearful or reticent like that's not the same like you can be kind and bold like actually the founder of kind bar Daniel Libitsky, he has this like amazing so many amazing mantras and like awesome kind of like values that he puts out there but the kind way is like a big thing I would encourage you to look into it but like there is a huge difference between being kind and, you know, being silent.
1: It's funny you say that because I had a conversation with someone very recently about feedback. And it was less than favorable feedback. Yeah. And I said to them, sometimes the kindest thing you can do is be direct.
0: Right. Of course.
1: And, and I, I was talking to someone, I had them on the podcast, and they said they have very high expectations for their people. Mm -hmm. And they see that as a sign of respect. Yeah, I love that. And kindness doesn't mean weak. Right, right. All right, I want to rapid fire some questions to you. Are you up to the challenge? Let's do it. Okay, great. Number one, if someone is in a toxic environment, Mm -hmm. what is one piece of advice you would give them?
0: I guess the one piece of advice succinctly is to speak up. Don't be quiet. Speak up. Speak to the right person. Speak directly. Just speak up.
1: And it almost ties into what you were saying before about knowing your value.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And not being quiet. Yeah. I love when there's a thread between all of these (laughs) comments. It makes my job very easy. All right. Next question. What gets you worked up? A
0: few things got me worked up, but <laughs> one thing that that definitely does is smoke and mirrors, like the practice of being like cagey and kind of indirect for, for no apparent reason. Of course, there's like confidentiality and like so many practical reasons to be. But if it's kind of just like a, a just a general, like unproductive smoke and mirrors, it, it, it bothers me a lot. I think like being direct and transparent is more productive. So the opposite irks me.
1: So it sounds like one of your values is efficiency based on this entire conversation. One of my values is also efficiency. I hate when people don't just say
0: what they mean. Yeah, exactly.
1: And, and I get it. There are times, like you said, there are practical reasons and there are also emotional reasons. Maybe you're really scared. Right. But to your point it is just so much more productive to put it all on the table because then you can actually do something about it.
0: Right. And if like and if you don't know, right? Like just say, I don't know, right? Or like I'm not comfortable sharing that, like let me think about it, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't like I don't like kind of like circular hamster wheel work streams or communication styles. It it bothers me. And there's like a type that really <laughs> leans on
1: it. it, it I understand works. what you're talking about. I can imagine yep. it. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting too, because this is for some reason also making me think of the toxicity conversation, which I used to not think this is a red flag, but now I think it's a red flag. When people say our culture is like a family.
0: I know there's a lot of bad press about that. <laughs>
1: Well, you're in PR. I'm not familiar with the bad press, but I can tell you why I think that. I don't know about you, but people in general, I'll make a generalization, tend to treat the people closest to them the worst. Yeah. You know, I fight more with my family than I do with my friends. Totally. And I think sometimes when those boundaries are down and those barriers are down, it allows for some of this toxicity to see through.
0: I can totally see that. Yeah, And so
1: I think some of the smoke and mirrors, passive aggressiveness, not just saying what you mean, not being direct, it all kind of weaves together to tell the same tale, which is know who you are, be honest about it, own the strengths, own the weaknesses, be matter of fact. I call it being a person of authority and just, Use it to make decisions and move forward without judgment.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, it's like you have to be pretty comfortable with someone to like manipulate to the degree of like keeping things back for the sake of it or like playing games rather, you know? Yeah,
1: there's like a manipulation Um, tactic in, oh, but we're a family. Yeah,
0: (laughs) totally.
1: Right? There's there's something, again, smoke and mirrors that hides underneath that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I could see that.
1: So one more question, or two more questions I want to ask you if I'm being honest. So number one is as you look back on your own journey through corporate, you know, being at really big companies to launching your own business, what do you think are the most valuable lessons you've learned?
0: It's a great question. And I've always known this about myself, but it's work ethic, you know, like, never lose sight of your work ethic. Like, Mm -hmm. really, and I'm sure as, you know, in your role, you think about this all the time, but like really remember like when you're happiest, when you're most productive, like what your environment should feel like, like just create a good opportunity for yourself to hustle because it's like not for the faint of heart and you have to be really focused. And so I think, you know, one big thing is just like, It takes, it just takes a lot of really sharp work ethic. Another thing, and we touched on this already, um, I have a little bit of this like on my positioning of the website too, but you know, just having a really, really high standard. Like, you know, I, there's this awesome quote, I think it's from Balenciaga, but it's like, big things start small, similar to like kind not being the same as silent. Like, small doesn't mean shitty small, but it should be really high quality and like continue to grow at the pace that you need to grow in order to keep things really high quality and like keep the standard high because there are so many businesses and products and people and service providers, freelancers, coaches, and whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I really believe that like only the ones that are really high quality with the highest standard, like you know, deserve to be around, you know, like otherwise, it's just like it's not doing anybody good. So um, just never lose sight of, of quality and your and, and work ethic. Those are like the two main things I'm thinking.
1: Both of those things I think are so empowering too, because they kind of speak to this be proactive, get in the driver's seat, you can control your own destiny mentality which for so many people is why they've gone into entrepreneurship in the
0: first place. For sure. And like, get excited about it. I think like, you know, a lot of people would say like network, like your network is your network or whatever, but it's like, you're only going to be excited to tell people what you're doing if like, you're doing it well. Right. So like, that should be a product of keeping things high quality. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's like those, there's a lot, obviously it's like unpack about like, Lessons learned and like, you know, kind of like the golden rules and stuff. But like, if you focus on those things, like the rest should really come. You should be like stoked and proud and excited to send your work around or to like, you know, tell people what you're doing if you're doing it well. So, all right. So, one more
1: question. Take this however you will. What do you know now that you wish you knew back then?
0: I wish I knew how like smart and inspiring people can be Mm -hmm. like, you know, we've talked a lot here about like toxicity and like people not behaving well, but on the flip side of that, like when you're working with the right client or like talking to the right colleague or, you know, meeting someone and like they're inspiring and doing great work and like really nice and had like fun to talk to and making you laugh. Like it's the best. It is.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent.
0: It's just the best. And I think like when I started, I had been coming from like a few, you know, tough client relationships, like or internal relationships. And I, I didn't think I realized like how much fun things could be. If you're just like, dealing with the right people. Like I have Mm -hmm. this one, I'll give him a shout out if it makes it in, but um, this one client who I worked with, Matt Sherman, he was like the CMO of this one egg company. And then we worked again under this like pet company um, together. And he was so funny. He was like super smart, an amazing marketer. Like we got a lot of great work together, but like every single time we got on our strategy calls, like we were laughing and like having a good time. And there's something to that. And I think Obviously, like this is a hustle. It's very hard. It's very challenging right now is I mean, we're in a tough spot now with the economy and like mm-hmm. all these changes and shifts. But I think i i I wish I would have focused more at the beginning when I was like stressed and nervous and under pressure and, you know, pitching and not sure, and like had so much imposter syndrome. I still do, but did more then that like these little glimmers and conversations and people could like really take you places that make it really fun and not so daunting.
1: I think that is so well said and it is. It's amazing how energizing and inspiring and fun things could be. And I think it's a really good reminder that yes, work is work and it's part of our identity and it's how we support ourselves and our families and there's you know so much tied into it. And at the end of the day, it's part of a life,
0: right? Right. right. And you only get
1: one. (laughs) Exactly. And I think that is a really positive and uplifting and wonderful way to wind down our conversation. So Christina, I had so much fun chatting with you and thank you so much for being here. If people want to get in touch how can they
0: you can go to our website isetta.co isett .co, and hit us up there or on instagram same isetta.co i'm at teeny crumbs my childhood nickname t-i-n-i crumbs k-r-u-m-s k-r-u-m-s this was great this is a great example of like the glimmer right like just a fun conversation during the work day so i appreciate it
1: oh likewise and i hope we can have more for sure thanks so much and everyone Brilliant. have a great day see you next time Subscribe to Worked Up today on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you listen to your shows and follow along on social media at Jacqueline Beck Consulting.